0: As we get started this morning, I would like to introduce you to my friend Kathy Hatchett. This is Kathy. Go ahead. You can clap because that is good. She is from Choose Life of North Alabama, and she is here. Uh, to share with us today. If you were here during the Sunday school hour, uh, Kathy shared many great things with us about the work that Choose Life is doing in our community and, and how they're reaching out to women and men here in our, in our community in the greater Huntsville area, even up in the Tennessee Valley. Uh, she's going to be a part of what I like to call the live sermon illustration mashup today. It's something I've been doing this month as we've brought in the different missionaries uh, that we support to share with you. She and I met. We talked briefly this week. Um, I gave her a list of the scriptures that I was going to be sharing today and preaching from, and then we prayed a lot. And our prayer, (laughs) you still look nervous, our prayer has just been that what we do this morning will honor God. If you didn't get a chance to see and hear Kathy and talk with her, she'll be back out in the foyer after we finish up today, so please go and ask her all kinds of questions. Um, We started this journey of missions and stewardship for the month of November a few weeks ago, talking about how... Those things start at home. It's it's on us as families to, to make that happen, to build that foundation. And then we shared with you about Paul's adventures and missions last week. And this week we're going to focus on two places. Now I want to set this up well for you. The focus for this week comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And it reads like this: Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus tells us to go. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite words in the Bible is, is all the times that it says go because it, it means we should be doing something. And so Jesus tells us to go. But go where? How, how do we get started in going? How do we get there? How do we get to where we're going Well, in my humble opinion, we need to cross the street before we can go across any border and make disciples of all nations. If you're not willing to go across the street, you're definitely not willing to go somewhere else. And that's what we need to do. We need to cross the street, and we need to cross the borders. You know, when I travel, I've been on several short-term mission trips. I love going on short-term mission trips, uh, going out of the country. I love getting ready for those. But it never fails. I always come across somebody who says why are you going to Haiti or Africa or Mexico or, or London? We have people right here that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And I say to them, you're right, let's go share it with them. And then they start backpedaling. I didn't mean me. I mean, you, you should go to those people right here. because that, That's usually how it works. In those moments, though, I'm reminded of Proverbs 11.25. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Brothers and sisters, we need to be generous. And that's not just generous with your money. That's not saying, here, just give all your money to somebody so that, so that you will prosper. That's not what it's saying. We need to be generous with more than that. We, need, we hold the truth of God in our hands when we hold his word. And we, we need to be generous with the word. The time has come for us to be generous with God's word. That's, that's part of that go. It's time for us to go and be, and, and refresh others so that we will be refreshed. In its simplest form, we're told to go, and I, I gotta tell you, you may not be physically able to go across borders. I understand that. You, but, but understand this. If you got here this morning and you're sitting in one of our chairs, or better yet, if you're listening online and you're able to get to work or school every day, then you do have the ability to go across the street and share Jesus with someone. The question is, do you have the desire? And this morning, my friend Kathy from Choose Life is going to share with us how they take that call of go across the street, so to speak. And I hope that when we finish up here today, you all will see, you'll be able to see the ripple effect that carries our Jesus and the good news about him, even across the borders from just some of the simple acts that happen at Choose Life in our community. We're going to start out in Matthew chapter 25. You can go ahead and turn there with verse 31 is where we're going to start. Uh... Before Jesus shared the command to go, he shared many parables and teaching moments when he spoke with people around him that were listening. Uh, One of them that he shared was the one I'm about to share with you now about separating sheep and goats. And you may be thinking, what does that have to do with going across borders and going across the street to tell people about Jesus? And I'm glad you asked because we're going to get there and our real focus is going to be on verses 36 through 40. And I hope you'll go and really read those this week and study that. Right now, will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to, to come here so, so that we can open your word, so that we can look at it, so that we can apply it to our lives, so that when we go, we won't just go home and, and hide your word under a bushel, but we'll go out and we will shine your light in our community. I pray that you will stir within us, not just this today, but throughout this month, you'll stir within us a desire to see your work done, Throughout our city, throughout our state, throughout our country, throughout our world. Show us what you would have us do to be a good reflection of you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 starts off. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered and before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whether we're crossing the street or crossing the borders, in its simplest form, it's doing for the least of these. We are called to go. And if you're not sure where to go, simply go across the street. The goal is not for us to save people. I have to put that on you. You and I, we do not have the ability to do that. All right, It's not on us. But what is on us is that we are the seed planters. We are the ones that are supposed to go. And like any good farmer, we need to take every opportunity to sow the seed. When when the sun is out, when it's a beautiful day, you're going to sow the seed. When it's rainy, you're going to sow the seed. You're going to do whatever you can to take every opportunity to sow the seed of the gospel. Our friends at Choose Life do that every day as they serve the least of these. They're planting seeds at the same time. Kathy is going to tell you what this looks like for them. Come on up, Kathy. Don't mess with my notes.
1: (laughs) Every morning at Choose Life, we pray, Oh Lord, help us see with your eyes, hear with your ears, and love with your heart. And then we pray that God will set up those divine appointments that he has for that day. He knows who's coming to our center, both from the client side and from the volunteer or staff side. Every opportunity we have to share with someone else is a divine appointment. And one thing that we ask of those that serve with us is, is God's word a part of your life so that you can share it in evangelism and counseling? And that doesn't mean, do you know, the chapter and the verse, the address of every scripture, but are you feeding on the word of God? So when God brings someone along your path, you have a fresh word to give them. And something that I tell every client that I see is that what I say is of no importance, but what God's Word says is truth. And that's something that they can stand on and believe in. We can't expect people to make Christ-like decisions when they don't know Christ. And so we have something that we give to them called the Father's Love Letter. And I don't care if you are not a Christian or if you've been a Christian for 60 years— You can never tire of reading whose you are in Christ. So we share with that young mom or that young father who they are in Christ. They are of value. They have a purpose. They have an identity. And then their heart can knit to the purpose of that baby that's in their womb. And we share that with no responsibility of saving them. We we do have clients that leave having not received Christ. We have clients who leave still considering abortion. But just in the last weeks, we get to hear the end of the story every once in a while. We had a client come back from her ultrasound. Her test center counselor said, I shared Christ with her, but it was like speaking Greek. But when that young client came back for her ultrasound, the counselor started to share with her again. And the client interrupted her, and she said, wait a minute. I've been thinking about what that counselor told me last week. I want to get saved today. God's word never returns void. And that's why it's important for us to be in his word, be feeding on that, and then sharing that with others. Because a lot of times we say, oh, I can't do that. I don't know all the verses in that track yet. You know what? You get in God's word. Kathy, you be in God's word today. Because if he sets up a divine appointment for me, he will give me that word to share with him. And that's what we do.
0: Thank you. In God's word, because you don't know the divine appointment that he has scheduled for you. Sometimes as we share with the least of these, we want, to, we want them to come to us. It's, it's easier that way. And sometimes it works out pretty well. I mean, hey, we've got a nice building and most of you are warm and inviting and welcoming. And all of you are, but, you know, um, but, you know, and the same thing, our friends at choose life, they've got a nice three story location in Huntsville. But remember, this whole crossing the street, crossing the border concept, it comes from Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go in Matthew 25, 36, Jesus says, I was in prison and you came to visit me. You see, sometimes the burden of getting the news out there falls on us. It's great to be hospitable. It's great to invite people into your churches and into your home and, and to go and do something with you. But sometimes they may not be able to get here. Sometimes they may not want to come here their first time. And so it, it does come on us. What should we do? We should go. Isaiah 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim Peace, <clears throat> who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Sometimes we have to go. We have to leave our house and we go and find somebody. And the same thing at Choose Life. Sometimes they go. This Was it three years ago that you became mobile? All right, three years ago, they had a new, uh, a new faction that's mobile. And their ability to do that has not only brought good news and proclaimed peace to hurting people, but it saved lives. Kathy's going to talk about that mobile opportunity.
1: Now, several years ago, our board was thinking about, hmm, do we need to set up another location, have another building? And then they they learned about the mobile opportunity, and that's literally putting our test center on wheels. It's called ICU Mobile, stands for Image Clear Ultrasound, but also it's the acronym ICU. And what's neat about this is we can go anywhere on any day. We could go to someone's house if we really needed to, but generally we park in a well-trafficked area uh, so that those clients who would not necessarily come to our center have a very easy drive-by, stop-by, and that's just what God does. He brings those clients. The first client that came on that mobile was tremendously abortion-minded. She had every reason to abort. And she left that day saying she just had to abort. But we heard back from her again because that seed was planted and God's word stayed in her heart. And she ended up um, having her baby on January 12th of 2013. A healthy little girl. I've never seen a prouder mom than that, that lady. But I share with you another. We got a... Uh, picture and it was it was sent by a text message with a picture to our mobile director from a client recently and this is what she said I'm quoting her directly she said it's been a little over a year since I've updated you guys on my little boy that I decided to keep because of y'all just wanted to show you guys the happy one-year-old little boy that you did my ultrasound for he's amazing a huge mama's boy and loves his big sister to death I wouldn't trade him for the world so we get to hear those stories. We also had a client drive by. She brought her friend by our test center. And there's 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 an ultrasound machine. There's everything on that mobile. But this young client brought her friend by, not for a pregnancy-related decision. She says, my friend needs encouragement. So she brought her on our mobile. And our counselor and our nurse that was on the mobile, they spoke life into her friend and encouraged her and was able to encourage them to get involved in a church and share with them that way. But our mobile ministry reaches even more women that are abortion-minded or abortion-vulnerable because they don't know it as this Christian building center that's downtown. They just see it as a mobile unit, like your blood mobile or whatever. And they'll go in and they'll be very real, but they also just need that opportunity to see that life within their room and hear that there is help and there is hope, and that's what we're there for.
0: One of the things I like about their mobile ICU unit is that, and it's the same thing for us. Not everybody has the ability or has a dependable vehicle to get in and drive 20 miles to downtown Huntsville, you know. And so when you're out there, you're just available. And that's the mindset we need to have when we leave here. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you go grocery shopping, when you go wherever, your mindset needs to begin to shift to be available because not everybody may have the ability to come all the way over here to our building but you're out there be available you know in our world and our culture especially around the holiday season we tend to get selfish it's it's just kind of our nature we we see it it starts mid-october the online catalogs begin to pop up and then you'll get something from target in the mail or you'll get something from the swiss colony have you got your swiss colony magazine yet anyone okay we got ours i hit it because i'm still looking through it uh (laughs) Brookstone <laughs> you know all these little um, I, I like to call them the the pop up stores are starting to show up you know the the extra little Brookstone shop or the guy that sells the little flying squirrels um, you know these things just start popping up the guys with the remote control helicopters in the mall because you have to have one, everything starts to change about mid October, and we start to get selfish. Uh, Part of the national news, starting in Thanksgiving, almost every day on like Good Morning America, the Today Show, there's a segment about the next new shiny thing you deserve for Christmas. Because, hey, you worked hard and you put up with your kids all year. You should have this gadget or gizmo or whatever, or you should get it for them. And so this transition starts to happen every year, and we begin to get sucked up into this Christmas crazy, even as Christians. Some of you already have gotten sucked up into this Christmas crazy. I've I've seen it in some of your social media posts where you're talking about that poor little red cup from Starbucks. Let me shame on you. It's just a cup. Now, let me just remind you though, Starbucks has never promoted Christmas on their cups. They've promoted winter. They use snowflakes and snowmen and stuff like that, but they've never had baby Jesus or a manger on their cups. You may be wondering, what in the world does this have to do with crossing the street or crossing the borders to share the good news of Jesus? I'm getting there, so stay with me. The cup doesn't matter. You see, you didn't care what the cup looked like at the beginning of October when you got your half-calf soy pumpkin spice latte with an extra shot. You just cared about the goodness that was going in the cup because it's what's on the inside that counts. Now, I am not advocating for Starbucks. Let me just say that. Because that being said, Cafe 153 is a way better coffee than Starbucks. Yeah, I'm not promoting them either, except for this. When you go to Cafe 153 at either of their locations here in Huntsville and you buy a good cup of coffee from them, proceeds from that cup of coffee go to support Christian orphanages. See, it's what's on the inside that counts. Because, you know, business is in the business for making money. Coffee is big business. And and for most part, big business tends to get selfish. Starbucks doesn't care if you like their cup or not. But here's a, here's a small place where a potentially billion dollar a year consumable business is coffee and you've got this guy with a couple of shops making a difference for orphaned kids in other countries. So if you're really concerned about your cup go there because you're going to make a difference and the coffee's better. Uh, but we get selfish. We get selfish during the holiday seasons but In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, we read about selfishness. And we're told, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Now more than ever. As we're coming into this season where our, our culture is saying you deserve this and you deserve that and it's you and selfishness now more than ever we need to to do this do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves you see if we value others we above ourselves we'll see the value in crossing the street or crossing the border Verse 4 says, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Folks, I got to tell you, sometimes my interests are selfish. I want my coffee and I want it to be good. But when I walk out of the coffee shop, I don't want to give my coffee to some stranger. But I will and I have. And when they say thank you, I say, don't thank me, thank the one who sent me. And then they go, what? What? And then I go in and get me a cup and we sit down and I get to explain to them how I crossed the street to share Jesus with them because he was the one who sent me. Because I went with a mindset that was changed from my selfish desire, I went with the mindset to go and to share Jesus with somebody. We have to open ourselves up to that. Verse 5 says, in your relationship with one another, this is us, Christians, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's hard to do sometimes because again... Even as Christians, we get selfish. But if we all have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, there are certain things that just don't matter. The things that may be my preference may not be what's best for the church. And so we won't do it. And that's okay. But we need to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Kathy's going to share with us again about what happens when we value others above ourselves, when we move away from our desires, from our judgments, from the things that we want, and we move away from that selfishness.
1: You know, Fat Rock told me that to just pray, to prepare for what God would have me to say. and I think what God wants me to share with, with you right now in regards to this section that he's um, been talking about is that it's time for the body of Christ to come together. It's time for us to tear down the walls of the denominations of the churches that divide and stand on the gospel that unites us all together. If Christians would stand up unselfishly, unashamedly, and stand for truth, this world will be a different place. And uh, God, uh, whenever he's moved me, he's always had to make me very uncomfortable. I don't like change. I don't like risk. I don't like not being in control. And so um, the times that he has moved me, he's had to make me very uncomfortable. He recently moved me from a church that I was a part of for over 40 years, and that was very painful. It's not that it was a bad church, but it was a season where God wanted me to get out and start helping another group that was just starting out and needed some elderly encouragement. Faith begins with action. So I challenge you. If, like me, you've got that sick feeling in your gut, that little anxious nervousness that won't go away, I would challenge you to stop and pray and say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to change? But fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, at Choose Life, we're one body, we're many denominations. You are each gifted. And it's easy for me to recognize my strengths and see someone else's differences as an annoyance. But what God has taught me is to see that is their gift. They are gifted different than you, Kathy, and there is a reason for that. If you had a world full of detail-oriented organizers that were risk-averse, we wouldn't be flying on airplanes, we wouldn't be driving cars. We wouldn't be doing, we need the visionaries. We need people of differences, and we need to appreciate each other. Stand on the truth, and we do, we do make sure everyone at Choose Life believes in the gospel and stands on our statement of faith. But appreciate the strengths within each other, and let's start working together as the body of Christ just across this city. And then we can see how it'll transpose across the world.
0: Thank you, Kathy. You know, we started our service this morning praying for the persecuted church. I think it's only fitting as we prepare for our response time this morning in a message that's called, Cross the Street, Cross the Borders, that I share this story with you. It's the story of a Christian pastor who paid the price to go across the street. This story was posted on October twenty eighth, 2015 on the Voice of the Martyrs website. A Christian leader died September 17th of medical complications, which were the result of a lengthy prison sentence for his faith. Though his first name is Tiang, had been released on appeal, the courts had not made a final verdict on the appeal at the time of his death. The verdict was more than 150 days overdue. He was one of five Christian leaders arrested on June 24, 2014, and charged with a medical malpractice after praying for a sick woman who later died. Tiong and four others were found guilty in February of 2015, sentenced to serve nine months in prison and pay a fine for their role in the death of the woman. During his imprisonment, he requested permission to be treated for his diabetic condition, but authorities denied the request. They wouldn't give him insulin. Tiong received no medical treatment between his initial arrest in June and his release on March 20, 2015. His family immediately took him to the hospital as soon as he was released. Following the verdict, he and the other Christian men filed an appeal on March 6th, stating that there was no factual or legal basis for the court's ruling. Though the Court of Appeals has 45 days, which is they would be in jail for 45 days, to make that judgment, his death came after waiting 196 days for an outcome. He accompanied four other Christian leaders to the home of a sick woman in June. She was a new convert to Christianity. She had been sick for nearly five years. These leaders prayed for her for two days, and the family took her to the hospital where she was treated and released. She died shortly after going home, and when the family sought permission to hold a Christian burial on June 23rd, the authorities arrived at the family home and attempted to force the family to recant their faith and prevented the family from performing the Christian funeral service. Village authorities brought in Buddhist monks to perform the funeral service, and Tiang and the other Christian leaders were all arrested. This took place in Laos. These men were willing to cross the street in their village, so to speak, to pray with a woman who had been sick in their community for over five years. And then they were put in jail because she died even after she was treated and released at a hospital. I don't think any of us will have to endure something like that for crossing the street or to go across the border. And so my question as we come to our response time is, what keeps you from going across the street? What keeps you from from reaching out to someone? What keeps you from changing your focus? I asked you all at the beginning of this series, if you believed that the Bible was true and you said yes. That Once again, I have to say, if you believe that the Word of God is true, then it's time that we start looking for reasons and opportunities to cross the street and cross our borders in order to share that gospel rather than make excuses as to why we shouldn't go or stay here and be comfortable. I don't know where you are in life, but if you're ready to make a first-time decision for Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, no more excuses. The baptistry is ready. Maybe as a Christian, you've lived too long making excuses of why you didn't go, and now you kind of say, you know what, I need prayer because I want to go, but I I don't know how to make that first step. Kathy walked away from a great job. And, and spent time praying with her family about what God would have her do next. Um, maybe that's where you are. Maybe you just need prayer and accountability so that you can set up the plan to cross the street, cross the borders. The elders are here. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to share with you on how that could look in your life. Maybe you'd like to partner with us here at Huntsville Christian Church as we continue doing just that and making a difference in our community, in our nation, and in our world. Whatever your response is to God's word this morning, will you stand and sing with us and respond accordingly? It's been great to be here and worship with you all this morning, to hear from our friend Kathy about the work and service of Choose Life. But now it's time to go. As you go this week, pray and ask God what street you need to cross or what border you need to prepare to go over so that you can share His word with others. Maybe you need to start by crossing the room at work. I don't know. Or just crossing the fence in your backyard and get to know your neighbor. But wherever you go this week, go putting other needs before yourself and honor God in how you reflect Him and live your life for Him. Will you sing this last song with us?